It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashomania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We are back. Episode 165. Seth Gross, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's been a while since you've been on. I think this is your ninth appearance on the podcast. So any Seth Gross fans, go back and listen to the other eight times he's been on because he's been setting the stage for the conversation today. Before we dive in, this podcast is brought to you by friends at Attack. Attack is an app for athletes. It's an AI strength and conditioning coach, nutritionist, mentality mentor, where it's your age, your goals, your program. They're here to help you level up. Attack is a great app by great people. It's like, it's the great workout fitness app where like, if I'm watching Seth make the world team and I want to get in shape, I can use the attack app and it can help me like get in that mindset. I'm never going to be a world team member, but it helps <laughs> me like get in shape. And I've got a little four month old I need to stay in shape for. So attack is an awesome, awesome app. It has Trent Hydley, Jordan Burroughs, Peyton Prusin, a slew of other top wrestlers where you can get their mentality, get their information, get their insight. We might have to get you on the app, Seth, because it's yeah, it's an amazing. I've heard, I've heard good things about it. it it's amazing. Um, I'm actually going to have one of the co-founder CEOs, Brian Heller, on the podcast soon. He's doing amazing things, and the technology they have is great. So download Attack ATAC. It's in the Apple App Store. It's in the Google Play Store. Thank you, Attack, for sponsoring this podcast. Seth, I don't know where to begin with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been, been a little bit. We got a lot to talk about, huh? We do. And I guess we'll start here. It's funny. This is going to be the theme of the episode, I think. I was just updating your website because it said Olympic hopeful. And I said, we need to change this to world team member. So I just went through and I was updating your website. And I was looking at something we put on a while ago that said, sometimes God will put a Goliath in your life for you to find the David within you. And you oh. freaking did that recently. <laughs> and it's funny because as I'm preparing for an episode, my goal with this podcast is always to bring the conversations I have with people to the, to the surface and let them listen in and try to bring entertainment, value, encouragement, wisdom, advice. And like the conversation that we had backstage at the Rudis event, like I wish we were just recording it, put it live. Yeah. Cause like those, those genuine authentic conversations I know, like, I personally am always trying to pull little pieces of application out in conversations when you have success. So I want to do that. Let's start by talking a little world team trials and a little final X. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk about getting to final X, but let backing up to the world team trials, I guess you only had three matches. So we'll, we'll talk about those three opponents first. It's funny. I was talking to Willie offline about final X picks. And I had said that, like, I said, I'm just going with all the incumbents. I'm like this year, it's one of those things where it's like everybody wrestling there is capable of winning, but it's like, how do you go? Cause we were talking about like, do we do a preview show? And I'm like, yeah. you know, if, if you're talking about your weight, for example, it's like, can Seth gross win this? Yeah. But how do you go out and pick him over Dayton, the reigning world silver medalist, without it just seem, seeming like you're trying to pick a favorite or a side? Yeah. And part of that, too, is like you were down your first match to Jesse Mendez in the quarters. That, for those maybe not aware, the, the tournament started right in the quarters. You were down 3-12 to 12 to Jesse, who's a stud. You fight back and coming back to win is like a common theme for you the last month. It's it's, yeah, it's a crazy. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess let, let's start with that match. And I'm curious, like, talk me kind of through that match and your confidence too. Like, does your confidence go down and up? Like you're down big, but then you come back. Like that seems like a roller coaster right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I guess, yeah, we'll start there, right? Yeah, not not a great start to my world team trial tournament, right? I got out there and I was real flat footed, probably not moving too well. And, you know, I've, I've had some just bad first matches over the past, past year or so where 
I, whatever reason, not, not, not doing the right warm up or going hard enough, not quite blowing out my lungs, but for whatever reason, I went out there and my, my feet just weren't firing like they should. My movement wasn't quite good. And, and he, he was catching me flat footed quite a bit that match, right? He got out there early, blasted through me, right? Then there was that controversial kind of on the edge, right? That crotch lift, double leg position and, Right, could have gone either way, but he got the he ended up challenging and ended up getting the four points on that one. And that kind of put me down down pretty good there. And then I think he got one more takedown. And I remember it was ten to two. Um, and he had just scored uh his tenth point. We kind of went out and out of bounds and he kind of kind of bumped me or hit my head out a little bit, going out of bounds, whatever. And I kind of was like kind of laid down for a second and I was like, man. Are you really like, like, is this it? Like, this is you trained all year for, for this. And I remember I kind of flashed back because I'd had this conversation with Eric Barnett a little bit about, right, that uh, Jesse Mendez had beaten three of the kids I coach, right? He'd beaten Barnett in a match. He beat Furwick in a match. He beat Ethan Rotondo in a match. And he's like, dude, you better, you better go get this guy for us. You can't <laughs> lose to this guy. And so it was uh, something that just kind of flashed in my head. I was like, man. I'm not going out like this. Like, I, I got to figure this out. Like, I got, no, I don't feel the best right now. But, and I remember Bono kind of mentioned in the corner, like, dude, get, get on top. Nobody can stop you there. And so that was kind of going through my mind, too. And kind of next flurry, um, I tried, honestly, probably something kind of stupid, tried to roll him through and I get taken down. Uh, or I forget, whatever. It ended, ended yeah. to be, I was one point, right? I was, nine points down i think it was 10 to 3 he took me down to make it 12 to 3 and then he was going for a gut and um, i just kind of felt that I, I float hips pretty good and i feel that position pretty well and i felt him kind of go for it but he didn't have it tight his shoulder was slipping so it's like man here's my time to get on top so i floated my hips over and i got on top and was like man it's now or never you better you better get going you, you gotta you gotta get a whole lot of turns here and i was able to drive over get get to my trap arm and so I was not I was not gonna let go of that trap arm. I, I was gonna do anything I could to make sure I, I kept that tight and got 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 the points I needed. Yeah, it's nuts. And you know, then going to the next match, it's kind of like, man, okay, what to make of this? Like down 12-3, but also came back and you know, it's kind of like what to think, what to think. And then the Nico match, like the Nico match is why I've always thought you were so dangerous because I have a bias towards anybody I work with, anybody I'm friends with, like, oh, yeah, world champ, no problem. So yeah. I try to, like, keep myself balanced. But it's like I remember when you had that clutch win against Soriano at the Bill, Bill Farrell where I'm like, this is the problem with Seth Gross or wrestling Seth Gross is that he can do these funky things. And I remember that Soriano, like quick exposure. I'm like, dang. And with Nico, you just catch him. And most people are like, whoa, what just happened? Like, were you looking for that? Like what, what kind of happened in that match? Yeah. And right. I got, I got the chance to wrestle him at the U S open. And I, I typically do a whole lot better when I get to feel somebody out. Right. It was a four yeah. one match. Uh, I lost the challenge, got pushed out, and then, and then there was a takedown where here, a spot where he exposed me. But I got to feel it. And big thing that match is I let him kind of bring the hand fight to me. He was pushing me around a little bit. And I was more trying to second move, clearing a tie, get to my attack, things like that. And he, he just crushed me in the hand fight. So going into that second match, it was I'm going to take the hand fight to him. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to take ground. And, and I'm going to force him to shoot bad shots because – I mean, at the end of the day, he shoots a lot, right? He's a guy that yeah. shoots and, and oh, he's he'll scrappy. take some. He don't stop. He's scrappy. He's scrappy, <laughs> but he, he will take some bad shots. And I knew that. And I knew if I brought the hand fight to him, he's not going to be able to pick when he shoots, right? He's going to end up shooting in on some stuff. And early in the first period, he shot in on one. I was able to kind of scramble off that, get my takedown. Um, then there was another one. And then, right, we got that cradle locked up. And then, and then. I get a cradle locked up. I'm not letting go. I got that grip. But, yeah, he got in deep. I scrambled. It looked like he might get the score. And then I was able to kind of get far hip on him um, and, and get to my cradle position. And that, that's a position right? I, I wrestle a lot from. And when guys are inside, jumping over to that cradle. So when he kind of brought his butt in there, I knew I knew I was going to get that and, and, and kind of attack that. But the big thing was just I got to take the hand fight to this guy. I got to force more situations, more scrambles. Uh, cause the first match, it was, it was completely dictated by what he was doing. 
And it seemed to me like by the time you got to the finals, that to me was like, it's over. Seth has all the momentum. And I know the second match was, was closer in the finals, but it was still, you were pretty dominant. What was your confidence and perspective heading into the finals? It was good, right? I wrestled and I wrestled Daniel DeShazer last year too uh, yeah. at the World Team Trials and beat him 4-1, 4-2, something like that. So I, I felt his thing out and it was kind of sim- not similar, but the game plan for him, right? He's a guy that relaxed, 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 boom. And so I knew yeah. he's a guy, if I just stay on his head, stay on him, don't give him space to breathe, that, that he was going to get tired. And I knew that if I could find my legs, way to the legs, right, I'm going to get on top and get on top and get some points there. So I, I was confident going into, into that match, right? I knew he's dangerous though, right? So it's about being smart, being disciplined in those areas. And the second match, I think I was getting a little bit excited and, and kind of overdoing it, overpressuring at some points. And that's where, right, I made some bad mistakes where I wasn't disciplined, right? He blasted through me, got a double leg. Uh, should have gave up, you know, I should have been smart. Let him just push me out. But I tried to fight it, blast through me, gave up four. And so there's there a couple things that in that last match that, right, probably, probably not the best decisions on my part. But I was confident going in. And, yeah, he, he's a great opponent, but but I knew knew I could get the job done. For sure. And I'm assuming that confidence rolled right into final X and there's a lot of points to dissect at final X and I won't get, I've never been a guy who dives too technical into the matches. So I'm not going to dive. People always ask me, why don't you ask about how he did this or that? And like, I'm never the guy to, to go yeah. too much into the technical side of it because with something like final X, I feel like there's so much here to pull out. So there's a couple different things to talk about. One is when I think of you at Final X, I think that you just never gave up. And, you know, I'll be honest, hand up. Like I just said, reigning world silver medalist. I thought Dayton was going to win. I think most people in Oklahoma State and the arena did. Most people in the country did. It, there's a lineup like when when you have a team as strong as USA Wrestling, where you the incumbent is not just an incumbent. It's a reigning world medalist. It's yeah. like. You need to, it's always so crazy in my head. Like when I was talking about final X, it's like, let's say Zahid. Zahid doesn't have to just make, you know, win a match from the world team. He effectively needs to win a world championships match to make the team. That's how deep USA wrestling is. But for you, like, and I know you're capable, Zahid's capable, Nolf's capable of beating Mm -hmm. Dake. Like you guys are capable. But when you have that underdog mentality, that chip on your shoulder, like, I know I can beat them, but everybody's rooting for Dayton or everybody's thinking Dayton's going to win. Does that like feed into the momentum heading into the event? Oh, it it fires me up, man. I get, I get excited for that stuff, right? I'm just searching, like going on Instagram, not looking for stuff, but I know I remember I was clicking through my story and some poll gross versus fix. And it was like 95% pick fix (laughs) 5% me. And I'm like, there's no pressure when it's like that. There's zero pressure for me. I, I'm excited. I know what I'm capable of. So I don't, you know, it, it, it just fires me up, if anything. And I remember I shared, you know, I, I saw that stuff and I shared an old, old uh, Instagram post of mine. And it was like, there's nothing more dangerous than an underdog who knows they can. And yeah. right. And for me, that my mindset, right. I got to go into Gallagher Iba. He never lost there before. Wrestler, a world silver medalist. Right. It don't get much more. You know, that's that's a bigger offer, big, big opportunity. And right. And like I said, not, not a lot of whole not a whole lot of people thought that I had a chance to do it. And, and that's the you know, self-belief is more important than anything. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. And and honestly, there's no right. You text me last year. Nobody there's no reason to think that, hey, this guy's going to win the match. And that's what makes it fun to me. Right. It's it's a chance for me to go out there and do something that, that nobody thought I could do. And so. My mindset was just, this is an amazing opportunity. And, and even world team trials, it was just, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of things going on and just, I felt God with me. Just, just, uh, my fa- I was feeling really strong in my faith and I just had this feeling, man, that I got this. I'm, I'm going to do this. So, yeah. And, and speaking of faith, it's funny because I remember you doing, I listened to the interview after the match and you talk about the obstacles that you faced to get to final X. And I think so many of the times, you know, I think we intermix obstacles in adversity and it's crazy to hear that, like you didn't make it to the arena or or to the city until the night before eight o'clock rushing through the airport. And it's funny sometimes how we don't always hear those stories of adversity 
like if you lost, you probably wouldn't have went out there and said, well, I didn't get here till last night. So I did yeah. get cut with you. Like you almost are not you personally, but like we're almost oversensitive to that when we lose to not make it an excuse. But I think yeah. it's a great part of the story to talk about adversity and finishing that day strong, where it's even mm-hmm. today we're doing work outside everything that went wrong could have fast solutions yep. clients a million fires and then i just put on instagram something along the lines of like even after a crazy day a crazy week i'm going to finish it strong i'm doing an episode of the podcast after a crazy week when it would be very easy to just go sit on the deck that was just done and just kind of chill but it's like it's yep. it's so important to finish strong and kind of change that momentum heading to that next day what yep. was your mindset where I'm sure there's so many people listening right now who probably are having a bad day or had a bad day. And it's very easy when you have a bad day to just be like, I'm done. I'll try again tomorrow. You didn't have that option because you get there at like eight o'clock and you got to cut weight. You have to prepare for the next day. Like what was it like for you going through that adversity and what was the mindset to try to, you know, win that day and make sure that you finish strong to set yourself up for what happened the next day? Yeah, and yeah, you kind of hit on it, but but the whole whole thing for me was right. It, it, it's just that something I got to get over, right? It's just another yeah. thing. It doesn't matter. And and honestly, though that adversity, those things that I had to deal with that day, right? I've had stuff this past year that's been tough to deal with, and it was just right another way to show how powerful a my God is. Another way of just saying, hey, right? This is this is this is just another step. It's gonna make it a whole lot better. I'm gonna get over this. And I'm gonna get it done. Right? It feels so much better afterwards and that stuff right if it was easy right if i had an easy trip out there and this and that right it wouldn't it sure it sure would have meant the world to me but it it means a whole lot more just how knowing that i had to go through this 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 and this to get there and that's why you know i got extremely emotional after i won just because i know i've never seen you that emotional never yeah and and i I don't yeah i don't really show emotion too much i don't really flex too much i usually get my hand raised hug the opponent walk off and shake hands but I got emotional just because there's been a lot of things this last year going up and down and, and, and right. I haven't really talked about it too much with anybody, but I, I didn't know if I was going to make my run for, for making the world team this year. I was, I, I was close to uh, taking this year off and, and getting ready for next year due to just, just some things that surgeries and stuff and things like that, that I was thinking about having. And so I, I didn't know if I was going to wrestle this year. You know, I, I, I was ready to throw in the shoes and say, Hey, I got to get my body healthy and I got to figure out, you know, how, how to be the best I can this, this next year, 2023. And so then, you know, it just makes it feel so much better that that you battled, you beat this thing, you beat this thing, you beat this thing and you came out stronger from it. And so that, that, that was kind of my mindset going in is like, and and I, you know, like I said, I got a lot of faith and, and, you know, I think there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on out there and I'm always thinking, Hey, Satan's just throwing stuff at me. He's trying to stop me from getting down to Stillwater. I'm going to go get there anyway and, and follow God's plan for my life. And so um, that's kind of my mindset going in. And yeah, it, it's funny, too, because I know we've had this conversation. I don't know if we have it on the podcast. We've definitely had it off air. But it's like when you're a Christian, it's almost easier to endure adversity because, you know, even if you lose, God is still going to use you to minister to other people to say, like, I, I talk about it all the time, especially in the podcast. I try to bring it up. Like if you go through something and then somebody else does, man, it's powerful when you can minister to somebody and say, yeah. I've been there. This is how I did this. This is how God helped me through. This is where it turned out. And, you know, I, I guess that's a good segue to my next point, which is I feel bad that Dayton Fix lost to you and to Roman because it's like he's such a good guy. Obviously, I was stoked for Roman winning the NCAAs. Like Dayton's such a good sport. Even the one thing that kind of got poked in the eye, like he walked right over to you and he's like, Hey, we cool. Like I'm not trying to do anything. He's a great guy, but I am very, very happy to see you in the world team because I'm happy to see someone's effort rewarded where you will wrestle anybody, anywhere, anytime, any card, any tournament, if you can wrestle. And I think that speaks such a great message to a younger crowd of people who are trying to protect this, protect that. And I think for you, this is proof that your losses have helped you both have helped you directly prepare, like your loss to fix has propelled you to a win over fix. And those losses, like zero people right now are talking about 
any one of your losses in the past. Zero. Yeah. They're talking about you beating you losing to Dayton and then winning two in a row. Nobody's thinking about a previous match. So it's like it's such such a good message where you want to grow a sport, go out there and wrestle, wrestle in every opportunity you get. How do you think that's helped you just wrestling in every opportunity and whether it's losing a match here or being down 12, three, whatever it is coming back and winning. Now, how do you think wrestling all those opportunities has helped you? It helps me, you know, a ton. I think it's huge. You know, you look throughout my career, you know, it was just, I, I do a pretty good job. I'm kind of, you know, I kind of am a, almost a coach in my own head out there. And that's yeah. something that I always take, take kind of pride in is that I, I make quick adjustments, things like that. But the only way, Right, I can do that is going out there and competing over and over because at the end of the day in the practice room, you're, you're wrestling similar guys, you're getting the same feel. There's nothing like going out there and getting your hands on different guys that are going to do different things. And so that's always been my mindset is go out there and compete as much as you possibly can. And, and I don't care if I lose. I don't care if I get attacked. I don't care this or that. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to put my best effort forward. And if I lose, right, I got a whole lot to, to work on for next time and, and things that I can actually take back to practice. And so that, that, that's been the hardest thing for me. I think the last few years in freestyles, right. I got done with the college season and then, right. It's a quick tournament around and I get to wrestle one tournament in freestyle. And it, it's just, I, I didn't get my hands on enough guys and get to feel enough guys to really, you know, get, get where I needed to be, to be ready at the world team trials. And so, you know, going into this year, I knew, you know, not a lot of people signed up for the bill Farrell. I was going to be there though, get as many matches as I could. Right. Evan Henderson asked me to wrestle at the super match. Right. I wasn't going to pass up the opportunity. Right. Oh, that's the big thing. Right. Just get the matches. Right. I'm going to go over overseas next month to hopefully get get a bunch more matches, get my international experience over there and, and get ready for Worlds. But it's just right. I can learn so much more going out there, compete and get my hands on guys. And like you said, at the end of the day, people are going to remember, remember your wins. Right. No, nobody cares. Hey, you lost to this guy three years ago in this match and you lost 10 times that year. You know, I, I remember, you know, a story from when, when I was in high school, um, I went out to junior duels or no cadet duels and I had a losing record at cadet duels. I was like 10 and 12 or 10, <laughs> you know, something crazy over the weekend. I had yeah. a losing record and then I go on and I win my first Fargo title that year. Right. And yeah. no, nobody remembered that I, that I got my butt kicked all those matches at, at cadet duels, they, but they did remember, right. He's a Fargo champ. And so that, that's just the importance of, right. It doesn't matter. You, you, as long as, as long as you're not being a poor sport and letting the loss ruin you, right. It's only going to propel you forward. Yeah. And it's like the same goes in life and business. Like I started a company maybe five, six, seven years ago called upstate charge. It was literally, uh, we wanted to have these like kiosks that when you went to a restaurant, a bar, wherever, you could pay $2 and charge your phone. And we were just at like the tail curve of before that or the, the top of the curve where that became super popular where people were just doing yeah. it for free. So yeah. we were late. We lost. We bought like five kiosks. It was a losing venture. Nobody thinks about that. Nobody thinks yeah. Justin Bash upstate charge. I think Bash solutions. I think of the yeah. successes like exactly. and I think, too, when you have. If, if you're so focused on protecting your ego, you miss opportunities. Like if you if you over focused on losses or potential losses, you're not taking the matches that you're going to lose. They're going to potentially help build the foundation for you to to win, to make the world team like it's so much more important to just put the opportunity, and take it out there. And, and I guess another conversation for another day is like people not wrestling back and different things like that. It's just opportunities yeah. to get better. Um, we'll save that conversation though, because that, yeah. that's very intricate. I know people get injured. I know there's so many things not getting into that conversation, but <laughs> last time you were on the podcast, I think it was actually before the Olympic trials. And we were talking about your descent down to 57. How much better do you feel right now at 61 versus that cut to 57? Tall, a million times better. That that cut to fifty seven hurt me for a really long time. Um, it was hard to build my strength back to where I was. Right, it, it really just set me back and you know pushed my career to a point where, man, it was like I, I wrestling was miserable for a little bit of time because right I, I had back surgery and then I'm bringing my weight down and my back's killing me and and honestly I probably probably gave myself some injuries from going down to fifty seven and it just 
right? Looking back, it is what it is. I got, got down to weight and I wrestled, but it was, it wasn't probably the smartest decision for, for my health and my future in wrestling. Um, so I feel uh, finally, you know, after about a year after making 57, you know, I finally feel strong and big. And, and that's why I was wrestling 65 kilos for a little while. Cause I was just solely focused on putting my strength back on get, getting as strong as I possibly could. And then as I was making 65 kilos, my weight was kind of dropping off real easy. And I, I was weighing, you know, I remember after the Bill Farrell, I got home and I was like 142 and I was like, all right, well, let's go do this at 61 kilos and be the, be the strongest dude out there. And so that was kind of, kind of my mindset. I felt strong at 65, but I was like, man, it's going to be easy to make 61. So I went down and, um, yeah, felt, felt, felt the best I felt in a long time. Another competition note too, that you and I talked about at the Rudis with Rona was you guys both competing. That to me, like competing, I don't think there's another husband, wife competing on the senior level. And that's so cool to me. Just it's such an interest, interesting dynamic. And yeah. you have you guys are both not only at that world caliper class of wrestling, you guys both have incredible people in your weight class where she is, you know, she wrestled Hildebrandt recently, wrestling date and fix. So you guys are wrestling world medalist and I got to imagine there's a lot of ups and downs where if one of you wins, one of you loses, if you both win, if you both lose, like what has yeah. that dynamic been like? Man, it's, it, it's pretty stressful to be honest with you, but it's amazing. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it any other way. It, it, it's amazing. And, and like you said, it, it's, it's been kind of unfortunate. It seems like when she does well, I'm not doing so hot. And when <laughs> I'm doing well, she's not doing so hot. And, and I say that, right. She made the national team. So she did pretty well, but obviously her goals yeah. are a little higher this year. Um, but right. It, it's cool because we feed off each other and, and even right. One of us loses, we're always immediately back supporting the other, doing whatever, whatever we possibly can uh, to get them ready. I remember she, she finished up uh, making the national team, got third and right away she was turning around. Hey, do you need this or that? And she, she was my warm up partner at the world team trials. She, she warmed up with me two, three times and, and let me do whatever to get, get ready. And, um, yeah, it, it's just cool. And then, then the week leading into final acts, I, I couldn't have been prepared if it wasn't for her. Like she, she was going above and beyond and my meals ready, driving me around places and just doing everything to make sure I felt my absolute best and, you know, vice versa when she was getting, you know, made the Olympic trial finals and I was out, right. I was bending over backwards, making sure that she had everything she could, she could uh, just be ready to go. So it's, you know, hopefully, hopefully next year we can both, both be on the, on the winning side and kind of do it together. We haven't had that experience quite yet. You know, us open, she makes finals. I lose that. Right. It kind of, kind of seems it's one or the other, but uh, we're, we're always in each other's corner. And like I said, it's a unique situation, right? I bet you there's not a lot of even husband and wife that are close enough in weight to warm each other up and, yeah. and get, you know, do that. So it, it, I'm lucky to ha have her and have her in my corner. And she, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without her. Yeah, it's cool. I was telling somebody, I can't remember who, but like it was cool after your loss at Rudis, like you went right over and you were helping her get ready for her match. And you were like, it it, it went, it, it's that true, like husband, wife, love, like, okay, it's not about me. It's about you right over yeah. helping her. It, it was a super cool dynamic to see. Another competition note that I'm curious about to contrast, you know, the last had a lot of Penn State kids on recently and yeah. at Penn State, you're in a room where so many people are just as credentialed as you are. And so many people are even more credentialed than you. You know, Max yep. Dean was just on the podcast. Here's an NCAA champ and he's got world champs, Olympic champs in his room. It, that's one dynamic. Another yep. dynamic is the Wisconsin room where right now, like you're the guy I'd say mm -hmm. Braxton is next. You know, he's a junior world champ. But you're an NCAA champ. You're on the world team now. What's that that dynamic like of being the guy and, and not being done yet, but still kind of being that top dog? And I, I'd also add to that. I understand that you can't you can't compare people at different points in their career because yeah. a guy like Braxton, I think he still could be an NCAA champ, no doubt. Yeah. He could be a senior level world champ, no doubt. But for right now, you're kind of that guy. What's that dynamic like? How do you feel in the room kind of being that top dog? And do you feel that way? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I like to, you know, I got confidence walking in and knowing that, you know, I'm, a, you know, I'm, 
pretty good. And, uh, right. I don't like to say I'm that guy or whatever, but, but <laughs> yeah, definitely. I definitely, you know, I know I can beat most of the guys in the room and, and that, especially and, you know, Braxton, that, he's talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, uh, but yeah, so you know, that's been a conversation forever. You know, like I went to South Dakota state and they're like, gross has no partners. He's never going to succeed and this and that. And right. And, and, I think that's wish. Well, obviously it can help. And I think honestly, more than anything, it might help your confidence, right? Knowing that I'm in the room battling with these guys, but right. You could do it. Right. I, I was at South Dakota state winning when I had, you know, call I had Henry Pohlmeyer and a couple other guys, but no, no, you know, huge name guys. And now, yep. you know, I make the world team and my two partners, I think they're amazing and they're going to have some amazing careers ahead of them. But right, right now, you know, we got Eric Barnett that I rolled with pretty much going ended in Joe Zargo. Who, who's a true for it was a true freshman this last year and those were the two guys I went with and right it doesn't you know like I said I think they got a super high ceiling and they're going to be winning world medals and national titles soon enough but uh right they're not there yet and so it's like you know I, people saying how, how you know without those partners how you winning but at the end of the day if you have confidence in yourself and, and you train the right way and you do the right things right it doesn't matter where you are you can you can go and you can reach any one of your goals right I think it's important you know, important, right? I'll, that's why I go out and get the competition as much as I can because you do need to compete against those top guys. But, right, you can do it you, with, with whatever's in front of you, right? For people that maybe don't have those resources, right? You could still go out and win at the highest level. So, but but it's fun, right? Going in there, and, you know, honestly, my goal is to coach these guys to hopefully hopefully beat me over the next couple of years, you know? And, you know, hopefully, I, I hope, you know, Eric Barnett's not, he's 57 kilo if he ever does some freestyle, but <laughs> right. I, I'm excited for him. I want him to go out there and make, make a world team. And I, I think it, you know, it's something he can do. Joe Zargo, you know, I, I hope you beat me and go, go win the 65 spot, you know? So it's, it's fun getting in there and, and getting around, you know, these guys, but yeah, knowing, knowing right now I am that guy. I feel like my job is to make them, you know, the guys that can beat that guy. So right. that, that's yeah. my goal. And that's, that's what I want for them. Speaking of, I guess we'll, we'll touch on this real quick too. The last time you were on here, was you know at least about a year ago being in wisconsin another year how has that been you know you have such a great dynamic and relationship with bono and reader both coaching with them and then being coached by them what has wisconsin been like for the last year good man it's it's on the right path it's been it's been a great year our team has been getting closer and tighter every single year and, and we're just starting to get the momentum really rolling, right? They've only been, you know, bone and reader, I think this fourth, fifth year, but we had the COVID year and kind of set things off, but you know, momentum's rolling. I think that, you know, we're close, man. We're close to doing some really special things here in Wisconsin. And, and it's been, been an amazing year. And like I said, um, right. I can ask for a better situation. That was, that was another big kind of question mark. Can you, can you coach and, and wrestle at the same time? And, and right. It's been, nothing but but amazing this last year and my coaching if anything being able to coach these guys has really just opened my mind to right a lot of things in wrestling like to be honest in college I, I was probably just a little bit arrogant or something but I never watched film right I wasn't a film guy I was just like man I'm gonna get out there I'm gonna wrestle and I'm gonna figure it out <laughs> and, and right it's probably right I'm a little, a little wiser now knowing that you, you don't know any everything you know you can yeah. it might help you to go get a game plan for these guys and so watching the guys film you know helping them get game plans is like man I, why wasn't i doing this like it's, it's dumb not <laughs> to have some sort of game plan going out there right and, and and figuring out as you go you know and that's why you know i think in the past and i still right obviously do it sometimes but i think that's why i got down in a lot of matches in college early and had to storm back and this and that was because right you, you didn't have a game plan you didn't know this was the guy's best attack and he just hit it on you you should have known that and so that's been a big thing for me. Now, now I'm a film guru. Like I'm out there watching all sorts of film. I think I watched, you know, and already going for, you know, I'm looking at every single guy that I might wrestle, you know, internationally. And I've been picking yeah. apart those films and stuff. And like, that's something I never did before. And that coaching, you know, opened my eyes to that. That Hey, have a game plan, man. Get out there and, and know what you're going to do. I'm sure you'd agree with what I'm about to say too, is that being a wrestler and a coach is a decision everybody has to make on what's best for them because there are people who can only compete, but they'll be the best in the world. There are people who can do both and be the best in the world. And there are some people who just want to be the coach and they get more satisfaction out of being the coach and in the corner mm -hmm. that like you have to make that decision for yourself 
yep. and not just do what somebody else does. And that seems to be like what you're saying, like being a coach has helped you open up new avenues in your competition side. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. Right. It's, it's not, you know, everybody's got to kind of make the decision on, on what's, you know, important to them. And for me, it was, I love, I love coaching. And it's something that, you know, if I can train and coach and do, do multiple things that I love at the same time, why, why wouldn't I take that opportunity? But you know, some people it's, you know, I got to focus so much on, on myself and getting myself ready for competition. I don't have quite the time or, you know, for me to be the best version of myself, I, I can't do this coaching quite yet. And, I definitely agree, right? It's a personal decision that you got to make and, and figure out, is it something I can balance and something I can do? And, you know, I've had, I've had two people in my corner, you know, Bone and Rita that have completely supported, you know, me competing and, and, you know, that's, they still tell you, right. That's my number one thing. You know, your job is to go win. And at the end of the day, me, me going out and competing and, you know, winning is going to help the program, you know, a ton, you know, given, you know, if I bring home a world title, that does wonders for, for the Badger wrestling yeah. program. So they they've always been super supportive of, Hey, your job at the end of the day, your biggest thing, go, go win. And so that, that's been, you know, knowing that and knowing that they support that has made it easy to, to kind of do both at the same time. Yeah. And speaking of winning uh, uh, something, I see John reader post every day that I love is winning the day. And we kind of touched on it earlier where it's like, you know, whether it's you having travel issues and getting there at 8 p.m. and having to win that day by ending it great, whether it's me ending the week and ending the day, very stressful day, but on a positive note, having a conversation with you, getting an episode of the podcast out that hopefully helps other people, which, by the way, this episode does help you. First of all, subscribe to the podcast. Second of all, tweet Seth and tweet me that you enjoyed this episode. So we know that our Friday night was not in vain. <laughs> we can just call each other and have just as yeah. much fun. Um, but winning the day, how important is that to you? And I'd kind of pile on a second question there that not every day is going to have the outcomes you want. And we know that, especially on the spiritual side, there are many days that maybe feel like you lost the day, but God's doing something with you to help you win the next day and the next day. What's that balance for you like of trying to win the day and determine what winning the day looks like? Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, winning the day doesn't necessarily mean things always go your way and, and things always fall how you, how you'd hopefully plan. I think winning the day is all 100% about your mindset, right? It's about, and I like to break down even, even further, right? Figure out how you can win each moment. Right. And that, that's a big thing that, that I've been focused on. And over this past, you know, six months or whatever, it's just really focusing on, right. Being here, being present in this moment and, doing what I can right here in this time, because, you know, in the past I, I had a problem with, right. Always looking behind me, looking forward to the future. Yep. Right. So like, like, for example, when that, all that stuff was happening, when I was traveling to Stillwater, I was like, well, what can I do right now to win this moment? Right. What can I do right now? Right. I can't, I'm not going to yell at this flight attendant and tell her I need to get out of here and this or that. <laughs> what can I do right now? Right. I can show her kindness. I can show her love and, and tell her, you know, hopefully he could get me, get me out there before I Please. need to wrestle. But, uh, right. It's like, how can I win every little moment? And if you're just focused on doing what you can in that moment to, to kind of create that positivity and do it the right way, I think that snowballs into, you know, now I'm going to win the day. But like I said, I think it's more about your mindset towards things. Yeah. My, my whole day might've went bad and opposite of what I would had hoped, but every moment I figured out a way to win that moment. Right. When I, when I didn't, get, get on that flight to get there. Right. I turned around and made sure, you know, I'm going to eat the right things tonight so I can do, you know, just focus on what you can control and win each, each moment that's right there in front of you. Cause I think a lot of people, a lot of times, right. And me a year ago would have just been stressing out, getting angry, getting upset, thinking about the next day, how am I going to make weight this and that, where I was honestly extremely calm about it. I was just like, you know, what can I do right now to figure out my situation? What can I do to ensure that you know, at the very least I get there and right. I ended up having to fly into Tulsa. Uh, I get there. They don't have rental car, one way rental car. So I Uber from Tulsa to Stillwater and it was just moment by moment. All right. They don't have a rental. So what else can I do? All right. They luckily they have Uber. So, so I'm good. I'm going to get, get to Stillwater. And yeah. so just focusing on winning win each moment that, that's right there in front of you. Now, don't, don't focus on what's behind you in the past or what's, what's coming in the next couple of days. What can I do right now? And I imagine too that that it also sounds like you 
are saying that you let go of things pretty quickly. Don't hang on to the losses, whether it's a physical match loss or even like, okay, here's an issue problem solved. Next topic. It's very easy to have. Like I, I literally had like four things go wrong today in a row. And eventually it's like, you can choose to give in to all those things and say, I'm having a bad day. Forget this day or like make the most out of it, move on and be done versus focusing on the losses. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's spot on, right? The more stuff I carry around, this went wrong, this went wrong. And I'm still thinking and dwelling on it. It gets heavier and heavier and right. It, it just weighs on you. Right. And instead, boom, I'm going to throw that behind me and I'm going to look at, you know, what can I do now? What can I do to, if I need to fix that situation, what can I do now to fix it? Um, but I'm not going to sit here and think about, you know, what, what's in the past. And yeah, it's, it's, you know, like I said, that that's been a huge mindset shift for me. Um, I, I, another huge thing I've been doing over the past six months is I've really, I've started reading a ton. I was never, I, I tell you in the past six months, I've read 10 to 20 times more books than I've ever read in my whole life. And, and that's been a that's huge thing, thing for me. Yeah. And I, I never, you know, ask anybody in my family if I would ever be an avid reader, but you know, I think that's, that's, that's another, just, just right. Knowing that you don't always have all the answers. You don't always know everything and, and you can always adapt and like, you know, reading has been, been huge for my mindset, my faith, my, my diet, really everything has, is, you know, reading has been a huge help. Any top recommendations, man, uh, top record. Well, like I said, I've been reading a lot. I think one I'm reading right now that, that that's amazing is, um, uh, it's called how to make or how to win friends and influence people. And so that, that's a really amazing, amazing book so far. And it's all about, uh, I guess I won't say too much about it, but basically, um, you know, everybody, you know, thinks they got to criticize people, you know, don't crit, you know, it's always about appreciating people. Um, and I, I guess I won't, I won't go, I, I would go chapter by chapter right now. So I won't say too <laughs> much, but, but it's, it's a super good book just about, you know, how you can treat people the right way and, and get them to want to be, you know, the, to really appreciate you and create a genuine relationship. And, and so, and it's helpful just on the coaching side of things. I feel like it's taught me a lot of, you know, how I should be towards my athletes. I know, right. A lot of coaches, right. They want to yell, yell, yell. You got to fix this in your technique and do this and that where, right. It, that's not always the most uh, successful approach. And this book really breaks down why it's not successful and how you can kind of approach things different. So it's funny because I go on like, tangents or not tangents but like kicks where i'll read like four or five books in a row but it's it's i use audible so I, yeah. i'll listen to books because i i have no patience for reading so mm -hmm. i need to listen to it while i cut the grass do stuff four books that i would highly recommend the thank you economy by gary vaynerchuk amazing book about gratitude goliath must fall about from by uh louis uh Giglio, i think his name is Everybody Always by Bob. Goff. I've read that one. That's a great um, book. Amazing book. Um, and Capital Gains by Chip Gaines. I, I think I, I think I actually have. I haven't read it. I think I have that one. I think I great. read it a couple of weeks ago. Great, great book. Those are four of my like all time favorites. I, I've read them. And also a kicker is if you like wine, Pinot Rocks by Michael Brown, Costa Brown Winery. Very quirky businessman who like was in the circus and made the transition from circus to wine. Super, yeah. super premium, high-end Pinot wine business. Amazing book. I think when I found out about it, I literally put on Audible on like a Wednesday, started at 9 a.m. and yeah. went to like 7, just, just listening it. Yeah. Um, so amazing book recommendations there. Also, read the one that Seth just mentioned. Yeah. All right. The other thing you've been doing for the last six months, the carnivore diet. Oh, yeah. Now, I love me. I grill just as much, if not more than anyone, you know that. But I do love the power of plants. I love plant plant protein. So don't sell me too hard. But <laughs> what went into switching to that and how has that been? Yeah, so I, I guess I'll start way back. Kind of how I told you, right? I went through some injuries. I was considering not wrestling this year, um, kind of get my body healthy. So six months ago or so, I really was really struggling. My back was killing me. My hips were killing me and I was like, man, I getting up in the morning, it, it was just a struggle getting to practice. Like I was wrestling every day, but like I couldn't change my levels and, and things were just a little bit off. And so I was like, man, I got, I got to figure out what's going on. And 
I ended up going in, getting an MRI, and I had a pretty pretty big labral tear in my right hip. Um, I had a big impingement in there, and then my hip kind of was sitting down at an angle. And, and man, this caused me a lot of pain, and I was seeing the hip. Uh, we got like a, a spine – or not a spine doctor, back doctor, but they also work with hips and things like that. So I was seeing them and rehabbing it as best as I could and trying to keep the pain away. And so I ended up meeting with the doctor, and I was like – I can't like I can barely rest right now. I'm not not feeling great and this and that. And he's like, Well, you know, do do you plan on, you know, rest? Like when's your next competition? I told him and he's like, Well, you could try to, you know, wait it out until after to have to have surgery on your hip or this or that. But he's like, at some point you should probably probably get it done. And so I was like, Man, how I feel right now, I don't know if I can go out there and wrestle and <laughs> right. and do well. And 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 yeah. so I was contemplating you know what what should my plan be should i just do it now move on and and he kind of mentioned like hey you can get this shot or take these anti-inflammatories and see how it felt and i did that for a little bit and, and it helped to an extent where you know i could usually get through one practice and feel okay um but but it just wasn't lasting i was like i'm not just going to keep taking you know pills to make me feel good yeah. and so that's when i started kind of reading and researching on you know, how can I get the inflammation out completely out of my body? And so obviously keto is a big one, right? Um, and then I came across, uh, cause I, I, I tried keto like multiple years ago and I just didn't feel good on it. I didn't feel like I had energy. I felt like my workouts weren't as good. I felt sluggish. So I was like, let's try to figure out, you know, what else can I do? And so I came across the carnivore diet. I'd actually followed some people on social media and this or that. And I started kind of reading on, you know, what effects does this have on people? And honestly, there's not a whole lot of research. It's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty new out there diet that, that, that like I said, there's not a ton of research. There's some limited stuff on it about, you know, the benefits. But one thing I did come across was there's this like community of people that have been doing the carnivore diet for 10 years, five years, whatever. And I was reading through hundreds and hundreds of just testimonials and things that these people were saying on it just because right i think that you know being able to hear actual people that have done it and, and see their results you know that's that's pretty powerful and so i was reading through reading through and you know one of the big ones was you know i'm not having inflammation in my body at all um talking about how they'd have xyz injuries and how much better it's doing and, and a lot of just different things you know people were having autoimmune issues weren't having them people that were you know having digestive stuff constipation not having it and really, I read, obviously, people that probably don't like it or didn't go well for them weren't going on this community and posting that. But right. I was just reading all this. All It was crazy how much it was just all positive stuff. And I was like, you know, it, it's not going to hurt you to try it out, you know, and see see how it goes. So I was like, let's do it. And so about six months ago, I was like, I'm going to dive in and do it. And I tried it out. And, and so I do a slight variation of it. But basically, my diet is 90 percent red meats and eggs and that's not 90 percent of, of what i that's eat crazy almost daily <laughs> and then obviously competition time or days that i do have a lot of workouts I, I i put fruit in there and then another big one my my favorite right now is just raw honey um and so that that's really been majority of my meals like i said i'll do i'll also do so you eat any vegetables zero that is and, insane to me. And, but, 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 the is funny, insane okay. to me. But, but the funny thing about that is, is ask anybody that knows me, I, I hated vegetables before I did this diet. So it was like, awesome. I don't have to eat vegetables <laughs> now. But I probably haven't ate a vegetable in any vegetable in like three, four years, like zero, <laughs> like not a single vegetable. That is so, so crazy. Yeah. But, but, but the big thing that I, I read and I think that attributes to a lot of this, is just like, what 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 you know we're being fed is just so many refined carbs and these seed oils and these vegetables and and that stuff that stuff is really causing a lot of inflammation in, in people's bodies and stuff so i you know i think there's a lot of diets that could be successful in kind of removing that that inflammation and things like that starting by cutting out those seed oils those those refined carbs and things like that but but and it wasn't i'd say the results weren't you know immediate i'd say couple weeks in I felt a little bit better a couple more weeks I felt a little bit better but you know I've been like I said I've been doing it for six months now and I have zero zero pain in my hip whatsoever now I'm actually I'm still going and see you know I rehab my hip all the time and actually the degrees that like my hip goes 
this way towards me and out to the side is like better than way better, you know, like 15, 20 degrees better than it was. And so it's helped me a ton. And, you know, more than just that, energy wise, I feel, feel really good. One of the biggest things is to just like mental clarity, you know, it could have to do with, you know, I started, started reading, I started changing a lot of things in my life all around that same time, but you know, it was, it's been, it's been unbelievable. So you're eating a lot of liver. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can't do, even I try- find liver. I want, I saw you and John, your video and I want to try it. I like, no. it's not at Wegmans. I'm going to order it somewhere. Yeah. Hey, no, it's actually, so I, I'm in a lucky situation. We have this place called conscious carnivore right next to campus. And, and they got all sorts of stuff. They have the beef liver and it's super cheap, like four or five bucks a pound. But I try to do organs or liver like two, two times a week two maybe three. But, but it, honestly, like, so I, I don't do it raw. Like I did in that video, like that, that was more, you know, for show a little bit, like <laughs> sure. I cook it up like you would a steak and it, it tastes a whole lot better than it does taste taking a bite out of a raw one. But what's actually under underrated. I, I love one of my favorite now is they, they do this burgers there and it's like, uh, it's beef heart, but and then it's ground beef too, but it is unbelievable. Beef heart is extremely good. Man, if I come there, I'm going to have to try to this place. It's funny. If I yeah, told my wife really I want to go on a carnivore diet she, because Seth Gross is on it, she'd probably tell me you're not an athlete. Don't. <laughs> so for anybody listening, like consult somebody. If you're not a, a high-level athlete like Seth, I don't know what yeah. will work for you, what will don't, because I can have the next person on here who's a vegan and have the same result. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, also, I haven't seen too many coffee videos yet. Are you <laughs> Lately, I mean, are you yeah. still trying the coffee? This is crazy to me that like you're not a coffee guy. Oh man, I haven't tried one in a little, quite a bit. It's just been traveling and this and that. I'm sure, sure once things kind of settle down, they'll, they'll be trying to get me to get that coffee again. But still, still, you know, Rana still tries to get me on it. But uh, uh-uh, I'm, I'm a zero coffee guy. Uh, are you but, taking uh, like no, pre workouts in the morning? Like you wake up, what do you do for like to wake so, up? So this is this is actually another huge thing, and this was from Reed. And there's actually a really really good book uh, called uh, Win by Dr. James De Nicolantonio unbelievable book that breaks down he was actually a wrestler uh genius guy now but he breaks down basically it's all about how can i perform at my very highest level and he breaks down how you should work out how you should eat the things you need um and one huge thing is he talks about a ton in the book is hydration and so that was a huge part that i think it you know outside of the carnivore diet i think that hydration the way i'm hydrating myself now is 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 huge and and he talked a lot of it about how, you know, you go into workout and, and you lose, um, you lose four five, six pounds in a workout, you're going to lose 2000 milligrams of sodium per pound or per, per pound you sweat. I don't know the exact number, but you, you lose a ridiculous amount of sodium and calcium and magnesium out of your body. And so I used to just drink straight water, you know, majority of the time I was like, man, I'm just going to chug, you know, I'm going to drink yeah. a gallon of water a day. But really what you're doing when you're doing that is you're kind of diluting your system, right? You sweat it out, all these electrolytes and all this stuff. And now all you're putting in is water, right? And now that actually, like I said, is going to dilute your system and your energy is going to go down. You're not going to feel quite as good. And so a huge thing, I, I use this stuff called Relight um, and it has 15, uh, 100 milligrams of sodium, a ton of chlor- or, yeah, chloride, calcium, magnesium. And I want to say can't remember what the other one but one other but but right i take that three times a day and so i'm getting between that and you know i salt my steaks with just salt i'm getting you know close to five thousand six thousand milligrams of sodium a day now and it's wow. and you think hey you don't you're not gonna sweat good or you don't you know you still pee but i sweat better than i ever have because what your body does if you have excess sodium you have too much sodium in your body your body pees it out right and people so so people are always like, like, oh, I'm getting close to weigh-ins. I got to start, right? I should have a low sodium diet, this and that. And I, I was actually doing the exact opposite. And like the day of competition, I was, I remember that day, I probably had 8,000 milligrams of sodium, if not more. And uh, yeah, so, so how you hydrate yourself, it, it's crazy important. Like, I think people just get so used to, hey, I need water, water, water. And, and they're just chugging down like a gallon full of plain water. And you're really, like I said, just kind of diluting your system. So that's been another another huge change up. That's crazy. Um, when you were talking about Relight, it almost sounds like they've sponsored you, which they haven't. But it made me think about the brand side was, of things. 
How has the brand they should sponsor you by the way, but how has the brand side of things been for you? Actually, actually they did. They actually reached out. Uh, oh, did recently. they? So I, I'm not, not, I haven't signed anything yet or have a deal yet, but we're working on something. So okay. hopefully I'll be, I'll be pushing relay a little, little bit more soon. <laughs> um, but, but it, it's been really good. It's been, you know, it's been like, like big thing is you got to be kind of active with it. All right. You yeah. got to reach out. Like people think that sponsorships are just going to pour into you and you're just going to sit back and right. You got to be active. You got to reach out, create relationships, get to know people. And, and but, but right. When you, do really well it's it's a little bit a little bit easier to go and and strike a deal up but yeah my goal is hopefully i'm hoping to get some sort of sort of meet or stake sponsorship over the, over the next few months but yeah it's been it's been good i've been get, getting getting a hold of other people and getting in touch and working on some deals right now but yeah it's been it's been good one thing i want to talk about before i let you go is i want to just kind of circle back to when you talked about how much your faith has impacted everything you've been doing lately. And I know what a roller coaster your career has been, what a roller coaster of ups and downs you've had from wins and losses. How important has your faith been in getting to where you are now? Yeah, it's been everything. It's been, you know, everything to me. I wouldn't be where I am now without, without God, without, you know, my faith and everything I believe in. You know, I truly believe that, you know, he's, he's, at my hardest moments or the tough moments that he's kind of been, you know, my rock. And that, you know, that's why, you know, I got this shirt made right after world team trials. Cause you know, it, it's been tough and it's been, you know, but one thing I always have to fall back on is my faith. And um, he's been with me at the, you know, the darkest moments and in the highest moments. And that's, you know, something that I'm grateful for. And like I said, the big thing as far as wrestling goes, is it just takes any, any feel like, Right? I don't feel like I need to win anymore. I don't feel like I have to do anything in the sport of wrestling. I want to. I have these goals. But at the end of the day, my, my biggest thing is, you know, my identity in Christ. And so, it, like I said, it's it's everything to me. Um, and I think I've grown a lot over these last six months as far as my relationship with God and, and, and growing in my faith. But like I said, in those hard moments, good moments, right, he, he's the one that I can always, always lean on and and right, I just came out with my uh, actually my world team shirts, and the big thing on the back is faith is my foundation. And like I said, similar to Jesus is my rock, but right, that's my foundation. That's everything to me. Without that, right, you take that away, I'm nothing. And I know that everything that I do or I'm going to do is is because of my faith in God and and because of the talents that that He's blessed me with. So really, like I said, it, it's everything to me. Faith and liver is my foundation. <laughs> um, <laughs> Faith actually, and liver. So one more thing I just thought of that real quick, and then I'm going to let you go enjoy your Friday night. Final X, world team trials. A lot of talk about the fans in the stands. My solution yeah. is if you can't fill the seats, get rid of the empty seats, have a smaller, intimate venue. And, you know, even I, when you're talking about your world team gear in the shirt it made me think of the video you posted earlier and seeing the empty seats is so aggravating it's so annoying as a competitor what's your perspective on it yeah obviously it makes for a way way more fun environment when when those fans are filled you got more people yelling and screaming and it's definitely more exciting and that's what you know that's why going out there and wrestling in the ncaa finals is always going to be one of the most amazing experiences just because you're there's nothing like it right anywhere in wrestling and that's the one thing you know wrestling even at the highest level after college you just you just don't get that anywhere and so it's definitely you know i don't know what the answer is to get it to that point but but as a competitor that's what that's what i dream you know dream of doing again one day is wrestling in, in, in an environment like the ncaa finals yeah it, it's I think it's one of those things that it's going to be a constant work in progress. There's so many different opinions on it. My take is simply, if you can't fill the seats, um, get rid of them and have smaller intimate venues where you can hear the booze, hear the cheers louder and louder. I think it's going to be fun, but all right, Seth, that's all I got for you. Any last words before I let you go? Uh, I guess just thankful for, for everybody that supported me throughout it. You know, the Wisconsin RTC, Sunkiss Kids, uh, the Wisconsin Wrestling, wrestling, uh, uh, just whole family here, uh, my wife, 
just everybody, you know, that's made it possible for me to continue and train and, and reach my goals. And obviously the big one is just thank you, God, for, for continuing to keep me healthy and being able to do what I love. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Do you have your next competition date locked in yet? Do you know? Um, oh, and one big thing I missed on, right, is a huge shout-out to Constant Pressure um, before I jump into comp- competing. But, yeah, they've done a ton for me getting my sweet uh, singlets ready and, and crushing it with my shirts coming out here. I'm excited for that. But, yeah, as far as competition goes, um, I'm going to wrestle over in Tunisia um, for that ranking series event um, in July. So that's going to be the next one up for me. It's Let's go. Middle of July. So get over there, get some international experience. And then uh, next one's worlds. I love it. Sounds good. If you're not following Seth, follow him on Instagram, Twitter at God's wrestler. One thirty three. Seth, always good to talk to you, man. I hope you have a great weekend and we will talk soon. Thank you. You too. Awesome. man. See ya. And the beat goes on.